Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Great to be on board once again. Unfortunately, the circumstance is still not the best, but uh, I don't know. This is a weird one. This is going to be kind of a weird show. (laughs) Kind of weird because the game was kind of weird. The season's weird. What the hell's going on here? Uh, Mike Zimmer obviously having to have... uh, Emergency eye surgery. So you have uh, Mike Prever as head coach. Strangest thing. Um, stranger things have happened, right? Not much. I mean, I, I don't know. It's like stranger things have happened, but I, I don't know how much stranger you can get than this season. Um, yeah. Well, we have a kicker that can make kicks. That's awesome. Um, we have an offense that can't protect the quarterback. That sucks. We have a defense that's uh, back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the defense is just absolutely spectacular. Really appreciated what they're able to do. There's just uh, we'll get into the nooks and crannies of of that in a bit. I'll just gotta just say the score. Of course, the Vikings lose to the Cowboys. 15, uh, excuse me, seventeen to fifteen. Cowboys go to eleven and one. Vikings drop to six and six. More than likely ending the season, or at least ending the playoff hopes. The season will will go on. The Vikings just might run the table the last four games. Will it matter? Will it not? We'll see. Um, I guess just do the best you can. I suppose that's about all the Vikings can do at this point. We're going to really be looking back this year about what could have been because do you realize how close the Vikings were to winning this game? I mean, they were insanely close, if not for uh, easily correctable mistakes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the most alarming thing of all, it, it just obviously the offensive line continues to be what it is. And you you know, you feel bad for these guys because most of them would be backups on a normal team in a normal circumstances. When you don't have three, four injuries, there's guys suddenly having to retire because they're just I don't know, last second they decide to retire. What do you do? Obviously in uh, Phil Lodeholt. Um Khalil had been injured for the longest time, kinda off and on, but playing hurt, but not not, you know, maybe not being honest about it or it wasn't as bad as as it became, the hip injury, and then he's out for the year. We know about that, of course. Um, Fusco was never that good to begin with. He never should have been a starter, bottom line, if the Vikings drafted more. Um, Berger, I guess he's okay, but then he's out, of course, with a concussion. Uh, it, it's just, you know, you just kind of left at a, at a loss in a big way. Alex Boone likes to talk. He seems like a cool guy when he's not talking about football, About I guess. When he does talk football, I think he's full of crap. Um, and that's unfortunate. He's kind of... Too much, like, yeah, oh, we can be so much better, blah, 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 then, then get better, for one. But you're one of the guys that's not very good. And we were all excited when we signed you, and you're still not very good. So Alex Boone, I got to say, is a Christian Ponder Memorial uh, candidate for the season. He probably won't get it. There's a good possibility of who will get it, even though the unfortunate soul that he is. A guy who'll probably get it for today as well. Um, <laughs> oh, the turnstiles, man. It, it, you know... Uh, I mean, even Jeremiah Searles with just costly penalties at the stupidest times. And you know what? At the end of the day, you feel sorry for them because because they're put in a position. They're, they're not supposed to be a starting lineman. You'd hope they'd be able to step up and get the job done. But sometimes they're just not good enough, damn it. And that's where the Vikings are with the offensive line. You're left at... See, it's like, this doesn't have to be a detailed game review. It's a summary of the season in a lot of ways. And what could have been... When you see how close this team played against an 11-1 and football team who won their 11th straight game, which is not very common in football. Winning 11 straight games is kind of rare, actually. And the Vikings easily 
would have beaten this team if the circumstances were better. Easily. With defense like this. Despite the fact they still continue to give up uh, long third downs <laughs> to mobile quarterbacks. That has been a trend forever. And it just shows how viable a mobile quarterback can be. Sometimes it's overrated if the son of a biscuit can't throw the ball. But when the guy can throw the ball, he's an even bigger threat. Because, well, you're afraid of him throwing the ball. So next thing you know, he's running. Like Aaron Rodgers and apparently Dak Prescott. Obviously, he continues to get better and better. Great story. Yeah, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it because he's on the Cowboys. If he was on a cool team, like like the 49ers or something, maybe I'd be happy about it. But the freaking Cowboys, I'm not happy about it. Screw him. <laughs> Screw the Cowboys, man. Screw Seattle. Screw Pittsburgh. I don't like any of those teams. I don't want them to ever win another Super Bowl. Uh, San Francisco, I just, I don't know. I have a place in my heart for that team because I love the 80s. I love Joe Montana, all that. But I'm getting off track again. But at least it's football related. <laughs> and it is related to the situation here. I'm not cheering for this Cowboy team. I don't care how good their story is, and I don't think they'll win the Super Bowl, by the way. I think there's a certain team going to be waiting for them, as long as their tight end is, uh, well, yeah, healthy, uh, hopefully at some point. <laughs> That's being the Patriots. <laughs> and uh, Or they're able to uh, patch that hole up a little bit and enough to still go all the way. There's that issue. And I'm getting off track again. Um, what could have been? We might have been talking about the Patriots. Had the Vikings, you know, it's, it's like you keep going back and forth with this. And I know I don't want to bore you. Don't want to bore, don't want to bore you out there. But if we had an offensive line, a healthy offensive line, a well-drafted offensive line, do you know how good this football team would be? <laughs> Seriously? After watching last night, do you realize how good the Vikings would be? Because Bradford having time to throw a pass has a beautiful deep arm. He really does. He has a beautiful arm. He is accurate deep. And yes, his accuracy has been bloated because of all the stinking short passes because he has no time to, well, throw the ball much. Sometimes you want to you want to try to go deep, but sometimes you just can't go deep because there's no time. There's no time to cock back and throw because next thing you know, he'll be on his back and you're taking a sack. <laughs> nice rhyme there. You either throw it away or take a sack. It just kind of is what it is. When you have turnstiles like, like Clemmings out there who can't get the job done, I mean, literally just stands there, tiptoeing, trying to just kind of putting his hands on the guy. Oh, oh don't, no, don't go there. Oh, man. That's basically what Dwayne Clemmings looks like. Like he's just kind of touching the guy with his hands. There's no physicality from Clemmings. TJ Clemmings, that is. I, I can't believe it. Um, gee, many Christmas. If you had an offensive line, do you know how good this team would be? Seriously? Do you know how good they'd be? Short yardage wouldn't be a problem because Matt Asiata, even though he's lax in the skills department, he is powerful. Um, maybe Bradford could do a quarterback sneak because he wouldn't be afraid to lose his knees again. You know what I mean? Once in a while, if there was a <laughs> an offensive line, a decent one. And again, more time to throw the ball because you have multiple weapons to throw the ball to. Um, there you have certain players in this team that drop the ball more than Hines have pickles. I mean, it's unbelievable. You have guys like Charles Johnson, who I thought I never liked. Never thought he was that good. I always thought he was overrated. Just a, just a nobody. You know, he had a couple of good games years ago. I don't even remember what year it was. Was it 2014? 2014. A couple of good games two years ago. But then you, it's like you looked at his numbers for that year and you're like, that's it, huh? He only had like, you know, 500 yards and two touchdowns. So what? That's like fourth fourth receiver uh, standards. That's well. That's all he is at best. How many times has he been open for a catchable pass 
and he drops it. Just drops it. Just drops it. Catchable pass that have been a huge game-changing play. And he drops it. Oh, but once in a while he'll catch it. And oh yeah, there you go. See? That's what Charles Johnson brings. Yeah, that's what he brings when he actually catches the ball. But yeah, it's like 75% of the time he doesn't catch it. Very catchable passes and he doesn't catch them. How many times can you go back? And this is one play that would have won the game. <laughs> in, in hindsight, even even with the muffed punt. Thank you very much, Adam Thielen, for that. Still can't believe that happened. A guy with hands like his, I, I don't understand it. Don't understand it. But that was the turning point of the game, of course, when the Vikings are playing solid and Kai Forbath is making everything he had to. Gotta love that. Gotta like Kai Forbath. He's he's not bad at all. Um, not, I'm not. I mean, he's he's realizing that this is his chance to stay in the NFL. This is a chance now. He he might have taken it for granted in the past. I don't know. I'll get a job next time in a couple of weeks. Well, now this this is it, buddy. Keep keep it up. Uh, but Kyle Rudolph, um, very catchable pass in the end zone. It wasn't at his fingertips. It wasn't too high. Where it's like, yeah, I don't know if you're going to catch that. you got to be like 11 feet tall. No, it went right through his hands. You know, like when you go, you know that little pose people do? I swear it looks like you're doing an Illuminati uh, triangle. And if you are, screw you. <laughs> if you are, uh, you, you, you better not be. But if you're just doing that to make like a motion to catch the ball, and the ball goes right through that little triangle or, or diamond, diamond shape, whatever it is, it went right through it. And Kyle Rudolph dropped multiple passes in this game. He's dropped so many passes this year that it led me to say, if I got a dime for every dropped pass, dropped catchable pass Kyle Rudolph has <laughs> has had the last year or even two years, three years, I'd be a millionaire by now because it, it's just the most frustrating thing ever. The guy dropped so many passes and they're very catchable. Um, Bradford's accuracy would be better. His yards would be better. And he would have had another touchdown and the Vikings... God forbid, might have won the freaking football game. Um, but they didn't. They just didn't. <laughs> when you don't have time to throw the ball, you're relegated to short passes. Yes, I understand you might want to take a chance a little more than Bradford has. And that's where the lack of mobility comes in. If he could have buy, if he could buy a little more time with some mobility, maybe even scamper for a five-yard gain and a slide for a first down like Dak Prescott could do in his sleep, for crying out loud. Um, you might actually get somewhere. And that's what Teddy Bridgewater brings to the table. That's why I've missed Teddy Bridgewater, because of that. Because you know Bradford's not going to make those little third down plates. He's not going to run for seven yards and slide for a thir- first down like like uh, Teddy Bridgewater would be able to do. And then again, that question becomes, will Teddy Bridgewater be able to do that again? If he is healthy enough to ever play football again, will he be able to do that again? It's all up in the air, and we just we're just left to hope that he will. Um, is good, if, but at the end of the day, with a good offensive line in front of him, Sam Bradford would be a hell of a quarterback. He has had very nice numbers this season. He's shown flashes of what he could be multiple on multiple occasions. He's a talented player, and I don't really buy people saying get rid of him. I understand the frustration of it. I understand the ultra-conservative decision-making at times. And, you know, sometimes he misses on passes. You think, what the hell? How could you miss on that? Sometimes he'll overthrow people, but at least he overthrows them instead of underthrows them, I suppose. <laughs> Sometimes the decision-making isn't the best, but like it's too predictable against Detroit. Gee, I wonder why that, why I would say that. Uh, but with a good offensive line in front of him, I think Sam Bradford would be one of the best quarterbacks. Not a great quarterback, but very good. I think he'd be a very good quarterback, like a B plus 
rating quarterback. To be a great quarterback, you got to be in the A's. Um, with a, I'm telling you, with a good offensive line, it'd be a, it'd be excellent. Um, these, this game had all the recipes for a Viking loss because you have a good offensive line with a mobile quarterback who can throw too. Uh, he's more mobile than he is uh, than he is a thrower, but he but he does make accurate passes. Um, but the pressure from this defensive line in this game was something we've missed so much. And it shows how good this defense can be when you're going against one of the best offensive lines in football, yet you're able to get the kind of pressure on this mobile young young, young buck <laughs> as good as they did throughout the game. Uh, Daniel Hunter is, <laughs> I mean, he is right about my favorite player on the team. I mean, I love Daniel Hunter. He's at nine and a half sacks on the season, plenty of time to get to double digits. He hit the quarterback three times. He had two tackles for loss in the backfield, two sacks, just unbelievable game. Of course, I guess those were the sacks. They were tackles for loss, so get that together. <laughs> but he was third on the team in total tackles. I mean, and, and that's a defensive end, third on the team in total tackles. It just says a lot. Um, the guy, just unbelievable. Uh, Everson Griffin was insane. Eight total tackles in the game. Just, wow, that's crazy for a defensive end. Just the aggressiveness of this D-line, showing what they can do. And a, a D-line can win you the Super Bowl, just imagine if you have a good O-line to go with the D-line. That, that's a Super Bowl right there. That's a Super Bowl contender, especially when you have a quarterback that is a, that is smart and has a big arm like Sam Bradford. Or maybe a mobile quarterback who's smart and has not as big an arm, but is pretty accurate like Teddy Bridgewater. This could be a great football team with a good offensive line. And th- that's what leaves you just feeling bad here. Um, the defense did everything in this game. Everything. You, will, you only give up 17 points against one of the most deadly offenses in football. And I'm telling you, seven of those points were because of a muff punt, you know, that just that led to a touchdown like seconds later. Seconds, one play later. Thank you again, Adam Thielen, for that. I still don't understand what happened there. I'm just left at a loss on that one. I, I don't know what happened. Um, multiple mistakes in special teams. It's like, I guess, Prefer was too busy coaching the whole team rather than the special teams in the game. Ah. <laughs> uh. But again, seven points given up because of a special teams error. The special teams error. That would be ten points scored by a Dallas Cowboys offense, ladies and gentlemen. That's that's as good as it gets. That's You guys aren't as good as you thought you were. We're the best team in the NFC. That's what that is. That's what that is if this team had a... And how about even a, an, an average offensive line? Average. Average offensive line. You know? Just imagine that. Like a couple years ago, maybe 2009, we had an average offensive line. And yes, average. I don't care if Phil Lodehole went to the Pro Bowl. I got lectured on that this week. Phil Lodehole went to the Pro Bowl? Yeah, okay, he was all right. But we all know what the Pro Bowl is. It's it's good to go to the Pro Bowl. It's not a bad thing. But it doesn't take as much as it used to in the past. You don't have to be Randall McDaniel to get to the Pro Bowl anymore, do you? You don't have to be Steve Young to get to the Pro Bowl anymore. Stuff like that. I could go on for decades with that. But <laughs> it was an average offensive line. And it was good enough to help the Vikings probably win a Super Bowl that year. <laughs> they were, again, one play away. One play or so. How about just move the ball forward a little bit and pray to God Ryan Longwell was game for that moment. And I think he would have been. That type of situation. The offensive line was good enough that year. you know. And yet a 40-year-old quarterback. you know, A 40-year-old man getting beat up by a defensive line forever is not going to I mean, it sounds like a recipe for disaster if you have a bad offensive line. So at least it was decent enough that Favre was able to play all that season. Um, as long as there wasn't the headhunter defensive coordinator on the other sideline. Again, I'm getting off track, but it just shows you 
This was the kind of game that the Cowboys would have been told, you are not the best team in the NFC. It's that simple. That simple, ladies and gentlemen. More time to throw the ball. You're not stuck, necessarily, hopefully, with one-yard passes to Matt Asiata on third and nine. (laughs) Third and ten. (laughs) Third and ten, and you're going to Matt Asiata for a one-yard pass. <laughs> That's just getting rid of the ball, hoping to get a couple yards, and just we're just going to punt anyway. But at least we completed a pass and stuff and stuff. You know what I mean? It's like and stuff. There's just nothing else to say. <laughs> oh, I mean, that kind of thing could send any uh, in any sixty thousand, seventy thousand uh, people audience into just a chorus of booze. Plays like that. Oh, just. Just reminds you, reminds me of Nafahu Tahi time and again. Tafaris Jackson's favorite bailout. Like, okay, okay, here, here, you take the ball. Oh, bummer. Well, okay, let's punch. Come on out. I guess it was Chris Cluey at the time. Chris Clueless was out there. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, but Jiminy Chris, this was that kind of game, though. Dallas, you're not as good as you think you are. We just pounded you 28 to 10, and it would have been something like that with a good offensive line. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, and maybe some idiot named Charles Johnson catches him. Okay, let's not even worry about that. Let's worry about some not idiot, some guy who's not an idiot, Stefan Diggs, down the field for a 20 yard, yard, yard gain that wasn't there because Bradford didn't have time, that type of thing, you know, because Clemmings wasn't, wasn't doing, wasn't doing a, a, I don't even know what to call the dance. What, what is it? Just some fancy wedding dance with the defensive end there of Dallas. If he wasn't doing one of those, then maybe. <laughs> Oh, then maybe Bradford would have had time to throw the ball for a 20-yard gain. Just 20. We're not asking for 40. And if it's 40, hell yeah. Stuff like that, it would have been a, it would have been something like 28 to 10, you know. And again, that's negating the, you know, praying to God there's no uh, fumble. <laughs> no fumble of the, in the red zone by um, Adam Thielen. And even with the fumble, there's 17 points for Dallas. Minnesota would have 24, 28. Again, we kicked your butts. It was just that stupid little fumble got you back in the game. That's all. Gave the Cowboys a little bit of hope. But at the end of the day, they didn't win because the Vikings were better. The Vikings were better. Because the defense is 10 times better than Dallas's defense. Dallas's defense will be their undoing in the playoffs, ladies and gentlemen. It will be. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it will be. Um, Vikings would have put up a lot of points if they had a little bit of an offensive line. But that is the story of the season, is no pass protection. The pass rush in this game was just, uh, it was something of the ages, man. I mean, and I loved it. it. It hasn't been there for a while, and boy, did they make up for it, and they performed well with Mike Zimmer being unavailable with a very important, extremely important emergency eye procedure for a detached retina. Yes, you've probably heard about it 55 times already. It's just, again, you know, I might as well mention how just the severity of it, it's, they say it's pain-free, but it's, yeah, uh, you got to keep very still because you got loose parts in that eye at the moment and it needs to heal because if it doesn't, you're screwed. Your eye's gone. Yeah. You don't want to you don't want to go down that road. You you really don't. Um, that would really be depressing. Um the win for Zim deal, it it went well and these guys played well for him and it's well appreciated in a big way. Um This was more of an emotional type of show, more of a showing of what type of year this could have been, what kind of year this could have been. This was a perfect example of what type of year this could have been. Zeke, uh, Zeke Elliott, or Ezekiel Elliott, Zeke, whatever, people just call him that, but, you know, the 
leading rusher in the NFL. I won't call him the best running back because that's kind of yet to be determined, but he does have the best yardage. The Vikings held their own against him for the most part. He did break loose for 30 yards at one point, and again, he got in with ease after the, uh, the, the defensive breakdown. There was one bad defensive breakdown in the game where nobody was on Des Bryant. Do you think that might be important? Do you think you might want to go? Do you think you might want to have somebody on Des Bryant? Some type of defensive breakdown. People didn't know. They didn't follow the route properly. And <laughs> Harrison Smith was left, was left like, oh my God, this guy's wide open. That type of situation. And then Zeke went in easily. So the easy went in on that play. I mean, I, I guess it didn't surprise you because of the momentum of Dallas at that point. But other than that play, the Vikings defense was spectacular in the game for the most part. Um, again, the third, the third and long situations with the mobile quarterback. Sometimes that's just that just is what it is. And I mean, Zach Prescott's going to get those. It's extremely frustrating. It leaves you to cursing and throwing stuff, but it does happen more often than not when you have a mobile quarterback on a good old line. So uh, I can live with that. When you when you keep a team, when you again you minus that fumble, they only gave up ten points against the Cowboys' offense. That, that is just incredible, incredible. Gotta love that. Um, Thielen as a receiver was very good. He did drop a pass along the way. He didn't have his best game, but yeah, Rudolph six only twelve, uh, only six catches out of the twelve times he was targeted. He was overthrown a couple times that he dropped the ball several times in the game. Charles Johnson made a couple catches, whatever, but uh, he dropped the big one. He dropped the important one. Stefan Diggs was, well, it was just short yardage most of the game, and he would have been thrown to a lot deeper again if he had an offensive line. I can go over it a thousand times, but I'll probably try to stop. Uh, McKinnon was good and solid. Asiata was better than he's been as well. The running game could have been better too. Um, Think about if the if the I'll say it one last time if the line was better. Just imagine you'd have more confidence giving these guys the ball in the run. They were very solid in the game. Again, you're going against a defense that isn't as good as others, but still capitalize. Um, but uh, the Vikings did not rush the ball very often in this game, and that that final drive by Bradford was awesome. Um, it shows what Bradford can do in the, in a hurry up offense, and he did a great job with it last year with the Philadelphia Eagles. Very good. A very quick offense. Just get the ball out again, out again. You know, just keep moving. No huddle. It was nice. Um, and uh, Bradford was awesome in that final drive. It's just a shame. The Vikings could not convert. He was hit in the face. The referee told him, as Bradford mentioned in the press conference after the game, that he, the ref said he was not hit in the face, but uh, <laughs> he was hit in the face. I don't know how the ref missed that. That sucks. Um, the Vikings probably should have had a second chance. It didn't help that Searles backed the team up a little bit. But then again, some people believe that's better. There's a little more space to throw the ball because you're probably not going to be able to run it in with this line. So I, I keep talking about it. Uh, but yeah, it's one of those. It's one of those. You just you can't get it back. It's not fair. It's not at all fair. But you're not going to get it back. And it and that's it. The Vikings end up losing the game after a wonderful drive. This game might have gone to overtime despite all the deficiencies. Well, you know, you get the idea. I'm not going to repeat it anymore. But despite certain deficiencies, the Vikings still almost beat the Cowboys. That's pretty damn crazy. So we'll leave it as is. The Fran Tarkington Award for this show will go to Daniil Hunter. Easily. And he is a serious candidate for the for the Fran Tarkington Award of the season. Um, him and Xavier Rhodes are right up there yeah, in the in a very ex- exclusive group right now in the, for for the Tarkington of the Year award, uh, T.J. Clemmings is going to get the Ponder Memorial. He was he was just dancing 
He was just, I forget the fancy word for it. I mean, I should have it, but I don't have it because I don't think about dancing very much. Um, but he was just doing a fancy wedding dance with the defensive line, and they were, you know, dosy doing right past him to Sam Bradford, pressuring him all day. And that's the way it goes. So there it is. Vikings lose 17-15 in a, in a, in a you-aren't-as-good-as-you-think-you-are Dallas type of game. So we'll leave that as is. We'll come back. And we will, well, I, I guess we could only preview. We'll talk about it, but the, uh, we'll talk about some of the NFL matchups as well in segment number two. And now, another installment of George Stories. This one was fairly recent, like 2009-ish. Uh, me and my parents decided to go town to southern Minnesota a little ways to a town called Lanesboro. My parents were just curious, uh, kind of an Amish town. There were definitely a lot of horse and buggy going on there. There were some semi-modern areas, but you get the idea. Uh, my dad was kind of naughty the whole day. It was pretty funny. Uh, first of all, we go to buy some cookies from an Amish woman, and my dad pulls out a credit card and says, You take this? She says, What is that? And later on during the day, it's a couple minutes later, really, my dad's driving down the road, goes past a horse and buggy, clunk, 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 clunk. And then he, what does he do? He sticks his head out the window and looks back and yells, Hey, horsey! Back here in the dark ages of Purple Mafia. There you go. Sorry, I had to. <laughs> I love that music. That was awesome. Uh, Chrono Trigger, 600 AD. Great stuff. Uh, <laughs> so, where do we go from here? Uh, it's more like just looking around the league, what's coming up. Miami and Baltimore. That's going to be very important for the AFC, at least the bottom end of it, so to speak, of getting in the postseason there. A couple teams going for it. Baltimore probably going to win their division. And watch out, you never know about them. They're like the New York Giants of the AFC. Denver and Jacksonville. Hmm. Well, that's next week's opponent. We'll talk about that. Uh, we'll talk about Jacksonville in a little bit. Uh, Denver Brancos. Denver Brancos. They should probably win that game, but we'll see. New Orleans, Detroit. Well, go Saints, I guess. Kinda. That would be helpful for us. Uh, it's a road game for Detroit, so that's one of the things there. New England will be hosting the Los Angeles Icky Rams, who should fire Jeff Fisher because he sucks, and they're not going anywhere. Um... But with no Gronkowski, Green Bay and Houston go Texans. Yeah, <laughs> Green Bay and Houston. That'll be an interesting one. Packers host Houston. Will Aaron Rodgers continue the uh, progress he made recently? Hmm. Because he had a pretty good week last week against the Philadelphia Eagles. Hopefully it's just a one-week wonder. I, I don't know, though. Uh, Packers definitely staying alive in that case. Cincinnati and Philadelphia, a couple teams that probably should have had a better season than they did. Uh, what the hell happened there? Philadelphia, what a nice start. They're not that good anymore. Cincinnati, well, yeah. Adios, Mr. Lewis, hopefully, for their sake. Chicago and San Francisco. Hmm, I, I don't know. Chicago, San Francisco, yeah, well, um, <laughs> watch the Bears win that one. I wouldn't be too surprised. It's, it is in Soldier Field, and I don't know. Maybe that'll be one of the Bears' cute little wins, or it'll be one of the 49ers' cute little wins. But good luck. Somebody gets to win out of that. Atlanta, Kansas City. 
Hmm. Well, that's going to be the Super Bowl, right? No, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't really like either one of those teams very much, but at the same time, they both have, uh, they're, they're both dangerous per se. Um, I don't think either one of them is going to get far in the playoffs. It's just one of those type of deals. Is, a, is this a trap game for Oakland? Though it is a home game, they'll be hosting the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills are known to trap teams here and there, but unfortunately for them, they never seem to, they never seem to get better. I mean, as good as they are uh, on occasion, they never, they're never consistent, and that's kind of what Rex Ryan has been pretty much since he's been coaching in the NFL. Arizona and Washington, the Cardinals host a game. Woohoo. Uh, I like Arizona. It'd be nice to see them succeed, but I think they're screwed, and Washington's been playing some great football. Don't be surprised to see the Redskins get a roadie there. Tampa Bay and San Diego. Tampa Bay and San Diego. Wow. Both of those teams are like giant killers. They'll just pop up and knock you out. San Diego had a pretty significant win recently, and Tampa Bay had some some great performances as well of late. I don't know what's going to happen in that one. Um, That's a pick for me. New York Giants and Pittsburgh. Ooh, boy. Those are the two teams that, uh, what's his name, wanted to coach. Bill Cowher. Bill Cowher wanted to coach the Giants one day, but uh, (laughs) Tom Coughlin wasn't about to give that up. And they ended up getting two Super Bowls for the Giants, much to Coughlin's chagrin. Ooh, uh, go Giants there, right? No, I, I don't know. Um, do I? Do you want the Giants to win? It's like, for the Vikings' sake of making the playoffs, no. But for somebody to knock out the Dallas Cowboys, yes. <laughs> Watch out, ladies and gentlemen. This is a this is a new take. I uh, this is a take I took during this week, but it's starting to the stars are aligning, ladies and gentlemen. This is kind of my, my big take here of the second segment before we start talking about Vikings and Jaguars. There isn't much of a big take with that, but <laughs> just the Vikings should should win that game. Um, the Giants. The Giants are in the playoff picture. Very much so. Very much so. And if they are in the playoffs, the possibilities exist. They're 8-3, and three, ladies and gentlemen. If they beat Pittsburgh, they'll be 9-3. and three. They'll be very, 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 very much in the playoff picture at that point. Nine and three record, you're pretty much just about in. Just about. Not quite, but just about. The pieces are the pieces are in place for another one. And I don't necessarily mean they're gonna win it all, but at least they're gonna they're gonna make a run. They're gonna make a run there, and maybe they will win it all. The New York Giants went to the Super Bowl, or the New York Giants had that miracle run after a rough season. Remember how the Vikings romped on the New York Giants in two thousand seven? They just romped on them in New York, of all places. Vikings never went to New York, but they romped on them there. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, they just sneak into the playoffs. They made a nice effort, almost beat the Patriots in the final game of the season. They snuck in the playoffs, went all the way to the Super Bowl, won it. They beat the Dallas Cowboys with a great season, with a great record, right? Great record, best record in the NFC. They knocked them right out of there. After they won their first game, I forget who it was. I guess it might have been Michael Vick or something. No, not Michael Vick. He wasn't on the. He wasn't. Yeah, no, not Michael Vick. I can't remember who they played in the first round. It might have been Philly or something. Um, no, it doesn't matter. It's too long ago. But uh, here it is. Five years later, what did the Giants do? They they snuck into the playoffs. They made it back in the playoffs again, and they went all the way and won it. After knocking out the best, the entire the team with the best record in the NFC, the Green Bay Packers. And they also beat the Packers uh, the year before, or the the last time around, excuse me, in 2007. Now, this time around, there isn't necessarily the Packers to knock out, a, a great Packer team to knock out. But Dallas is really good, and it's five years later. Exactly five years later again, right? 11 to 16. Hmm. And Dallas is good again, so there, at least there's that. 
And Dallas has all this hype surrounding them. Like, they're going to probably go to the Super Bowl. They're doing so well, blah, 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 blah. Don't be surprised if the New York Giants go into Dallas and knock off the Cowboys and go back to the Super Bowl this year. That's my big take. I mean, if I were a betting man, if I were a betting man and I was to pick who was going to be in the Super Bowl this year, Patriots-Giants, folks. Not Patriots-Cowboys, no. Not Seahawks, nope. Nope. Not Seahawks and Steelers, that's kind of a funny one. I don't think that's going to happen. But you never know, maybe Pittsburgh's the the Giants of the AFC this year, who knows. But uh, I think Giants and Patriots again. And hopefully for the Patriots' sake, they overcome it and finally win. Third time's a charm, but we'll see. Giants would be favored in that. Favored not because the better team necessarily, but because of history, they would be favored. Carolina, Seattle. Ooh, there's a matchup. Go Carolina, I guess, because it'd be nice to see Seattle get knocked down again. And that's, again, where the frustration comes in. We'll talk about that segment number three where I did a mini rant on the page about Seattle getting beat by Tampa and then Vikings still... uh, yeah, Vikings so just struggling so much. We, we could have overcome Seattle, at least been the number two seed. And yeah, I talked about enough of that in segment number one. Giants in Indianapolis, nobody cares that much, I guess. But I guess the Colts are still in the playoff picture. So good luck to them in that one. Uh, yeah, Chicago, San Francisco, la-di-da. Detroit, New Orleans. Mm. I mean, you're just hoping for New Orleans to beat Detroit. That's all. I mean, I, I should have done the NFC North last. I'm sorry. Uh, that's my bad there. Green Bay and Houston, that's a pretty good game. That's a pretty good game. I'm sure we'll be watching that on CBS. That'll be on locally. So that'll be an interesting one to check out coming up very shortly indeed. So there you go. There you go, guys. Okay, Jacksonville. Woohoo. Jacksonville. Aren't you excited to see the Jacksonville Jaguars? <laughs> I'm excited. Very, very excited, right? Um... We'll see what happens at this one. Jacksonville, wow. We're host or excuse me, we're there, we're going there. That's the only thing that doesn't make it super easy is that it's in Jacksonville. Other than that, I mean Blake Portals was good early in the season. The Jaguars knocked out a couple wins and they haven't won since. It's like what happened to this club? Um other than they're not that good to begin with. Uh, I like Bortles and, and uh, Chad Henney. Actually, Henney's got a nice arm. I remember him with Miami. He's kinda hung around in Florida forever. But ultimately, this team just, hmm, despite getting some nice players in the draft on the defensive side, they just haven't done much. Um, they just, you know, nothing has really been, <laughs> nothing has really broken through for this club to, to date. Uh, Jack has been very good, the linebacker and such. But other than that, just the, it takes a whole team to win, and Jacksonville continues to struggle. The, the Vikings should win this game. I mean, they, they have to. This team has been reeling. This team has probably lost interest or thinking more about, I don't know, hanging out in Florida in the, <laughs> during the winter, you know, getting on the boat, stuff like that. They're probably thinking more about that than anything else at this stage. But, oh, but, oh, oh we're, we're football players. We're going to go out there and gut it out. I don't know. Uh, Bortles has been inaccurate for the most part. His decision-making, not the best, but his numbers aren't that bad. He's thrown 20 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Not the worst thing you ever saw. But the decision-making hasn't been that good. He'll screw you at the end of the game. They have very little running game. Uh, Chris Ivory's the leading rusher, but not nothing that special. And it seems like they rely way too much on Blake Portals in the passing game. Really, they don't give a whole lot of... They don't give the, uh, the, they don't give the running backs a whole lot of action. That at the same time, it is kind of a split platoon between Ivory and TJ Yeldon. Those guys have... I mean, they've had good games here and there. But overall, they haven't been great. Uh, 
Ivory's fumbled the ball four times. He's lost it twice. Blake Burles has fumbled three times this season, believe it or not. Uh, fumble lost, that is. So he has 16 turnovers to his name on the season. There it is. I mean, simple stuff right there. Blake Bortles makes mistakes. That's how you beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's how the Vikings beat other teams this year. That's how you beat Carolina. That's how you beat uh, Osweiler. That's how you beat uh, Eli Manning. I almost forgot. I was going to say Peyton. Eli Manning earlier in the season. Eli Manning stinks in the regular season some, most of the time. Well, not not really. doesn't really stink, but he's like mediocre, and he makes a lot of mistakes in the regular season and in the playoffs. He's just, he's Joe Montana in the playoffs. Dead, he is that Joe Montana in the playoffs. He just, he's just 80 yards to go, or let's say 90 yards to go in the freezing cold, wind at your face. Let's go get him. Let's beat those Packers, and that's what he did. Stuff like that. Let's beat those Patriots. Damn it, I don't want to say that, but that, that's that's what he said, and they did a hell of a job of it in the past. Um, I'm bouncing everywhere with that, but the, how did the Vikings beat teams in the past this season? Of course, pass rush and force the quarterback into mistakes. Bad passes, fumbles. Bad passes and fumbles. Blake Bortles, that's how you beat the Jaguars. I mean, just, just take them down. Hope to God the Vikings defense plays at the same level or anywhere near the same level they did against Dallas. They probably won't play as hard because that was definitely a win for Zim and it was a statement game for the Vikings. If they beat the Cowboys, then it's like, wow, this is pretty cool. The Vikings should overpower, beat the hell out of the Jaguars because obviously their season is on the line. They have to beat the Jaguars. You don't want to get your seventh loss. That's pretty much nail in the coffin. I mean, if you're going to make, hope to make the playoffs, you got to finish 10-6. and you got to just run the table against these not very good teams to wrap up the season. you got Jacksonville, Indianapolis, Green Bay, and the Chicago Bears to wrap up the season. Sweep, sweep, sweep if you're going to make the playoffs. you got to go 10-6 and six and hope for the best with the uh, whole playoff uh, seeding and the whole playoff picture, the, how, how everything shakes out. Um, their running game is mediocre at best. They average about 3.7 a carry. Not, not that great. It's not the worst thing ever, but it's not that great. Uh, it's, and again, the quarterback is capable of putting up numbers, but he's also very, very capable of screwing things up. <laughs> he's young and he's not that good yet. Um, he's he could get better, I think, in time, especially maybe with I don't know better players around him that might help a little bit. Uh, the receiving game very balanced. You got Allen Robinson, five hundred ninety-one. Marcus Lee, five hundred eighty-one. How about that yards? But Robinson's uh, Allen Robinson more a little more going on there with six touchdowns in the season. Julius Thomas has brought in four. Uh, nobody's really standing out in a huge way though. When you look at this, their offense is just a mess. It's just kind of, again, all over the place, and that's what's hurt the the Jaguars this season. And their defense is, well, it's not the worst thing ever, but it's certainly beatable. It's mediocre, basically. A couple good players, and then a bunch of bunch of guys that probably wouldn't be starting on other teams. That's basically what's going on with Jacksonville, and that's what happens when you're just not very good. You're, you, it takes a long time to build things up. But also the management has not been good in Jacksonville for a long time. So that doesn't help either. There it is. Uh, Vikings just, it's all about getting to the quarterback, forcing them into turnovers, and taking advantage of them. Please <laughs> take advantage of them. And then, of course, you hope, to, you hope that Bradford has a little bit of time to throw the ball. And maybe you'll see Stefan Diggs, uh, Stefan Diggs go, for, go for deep in this game. Possibly get in the end zone and get a triple-digit yardage in the game. And I am going to predict that. I think Stefan Diggs will have his biggest game in a while. You're not going to see just short passes all day. I think you'll see a little bit of bombs away between Bradford and Diggs. And it won't be 
It won't be spectacular. It won't be like the Packer game or anything, but it'll be good. It'll be well above average. You'll see over 100 yards from Diggs and a touchdown, and you'll see Bradford throw for 300 yards in the game. I'm, I'm predicting that. But also, more importantly, you're going to see, more importantly, yes, this will put the nail in the coffin for the Jaguars. You'll see the Daniel Hunters of the world pressure that quarterback, <laughs> and you'll see uh, you'll see turnovers in this game, and the Vikings will win this football game. They will win 24. It's not going to be the highest scoring thing ever, but they'll win. 24, 24 to 14. Vikings win by 10 on the road against the Jacksonville Jaguars due to the improving defense. Or the, the, you know, the, the, the defense playing the way they did earlier in the year. The regenerating, the re-regenerated defense will be back and continuing to pressure Blake Bortles. And it'll be good enough for a 24-14 victory, in my humble opinion, on the road in Jacksonville, Florida. We'll be back right after this, but first you will hear from Dave Hickey to lead off things. He called in. That's cool. Dave Hickey out of Iowa will lead off the fan interaction, and we'll go from there in segment number three. This message goes out to... Joey Wisin and the Purple Mafia. This is David Hickey calling. Uh, I just witnessed the Dallas Viking game, and I talked to my son, who's a Dallas fan. I told him I'd rather get my ass whipped than have a close game and get beat. The Vikings are, uh, I hate to say, terrible. Their offense is non-existent. Their defense is a shell of its of itself. What it was when we were five and zero, it's no longer that team. It's a joke. I've been a Viking fan for forty years, and I almost to the point where I can't stand to watch them anymore. They're constantly losing in every every way possible, and I'm getting sick of it. So until they uh, actually get an offensive line and get an offense, Sam Bradford, Teddy Bridgewater, it don't matter. If they got no offensive line, game, set, and match, and I'm sick of it. I'm almost at my wit's end, 40-year Viking fan, close to calling it quits. That's all I have to say about that. Bye. Hey, thank you very much for that call, Dave. That was very, very heartfelt. Uh, Dave, of course, out of Iowa. Dave Hickey, a Gold Star of the Year Award winner in 2013. Uh, huge contributor to the show. Thank you very much for the call. That was awesome. Um, the defense, yeah, see, like the... The defense really was a shell of itself for the longest time during this losing streak. It seemed like they were finally kind of back yesterday, but of course, the third and long situation, that's the part that, I, that I'm that i having a lot of trouble with as well. 
Um, and of course the breakdown, those do happen, but still, I mean, yeah, I mean, I can understand the frustration there at the end of the day, my, my focus with the, the reason why this team is where they are today is definitely the offensive line. And I'm glad you pretty much put it in the same place there. Yeah. Um, the defense was not the same against teams like Philadelphia. Well, Philadelphia was okay. Detroit was irritating, stuff like that. I mean, maybe I shouldn't go back over those again, but you get the idea. Like during the losing streak, the defense was disappointing. It did seem to improve here and there. Like against Arizona, it was better. Against Detroit, it was better than it was the last time, that type of thing. Um, and then you had the crucial turnovers and such. Uh, and of course, you had the missed kicks against Detroit at home. That didn't help. But yeah, the root, uh, the root problem of this team more than Blair Walls <laughs> is the offensive line, without a doubt. Um, it had been ignored. And again, people lecturing me about Phil Oldholt going to the Pro Bowl, John Sullivan, this and that. Sullivan was kind of lucky, six-round pick. But hey, good for you. Good on it. Uh, Khalil did not live up to the top five pick that he was. That he was Not even close. He has not lived up to it at all. Um, but at least you tried in that one. So I can't get too mad. Uh, you know, I can't get too mad at that. And at least he was... Well, he's better than T.J. Clemmings, that type of thing. But along the way, when you basically don't take offensive linemen until the fourth round and it's Billy Weavers or Willie Beavers, whatever you want to call him, backwards, you know, the guy gets cut in training camp, doesn't even make the team, and you're just bringing him back because you have to, because there's nobody else, bringing him back to the practice squad, and then you even have to activate him when, when, when Berger goes out. Insanity, pure insanity. Like Fusco, Berger, guys like that. Fusco going out was what brought Billy Weavers, Willie Beavers, whatever his name is, I don't even care, back <laughs> into the practice squad. And then you activate him when the next guy goes out in Berger. Um, you're just left in a situation that it's a no-win situation. You're not going to win. You're not going to win. You're not going to win. Um, Clemming's fourth-round pick isn't good. Might as well be Beavers or Weavers or whatever his name is. Willie Beavers. Might as well be that guy. Um, might as well. I mean, he's slightly better, but not really. Uh, Searles is a no-name backup guy. He he just is. He he had some moments, but then once defenses kind of change their technique on him, it's like, yeah, he's not that good anymore. Not that hard to figure out. He's a backup. Um, he's not the worst backup in the world, and he wouldn't look that bad if there were other like legitimate starters alongside him. But there aren't. So. Yeah, the offensive line definitely root cause of this uh, awful season, without a doubt. Thank you very much, Dave Vicky. Definite star candidate for this show. Hardcore star candidate for this show. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll go to the Twitter account first. Very quiet this week. Um, didn't hear from Mad Martin. Probably busy with the the schedule's got to be strange. Games like this. Sometimes he's there. Sometimes he's not. Maybe he's just pissed off. And I wasn't active this week at all, hardly until later on. Um, I do apologize for that. Um, I was definitely preoccupied so and such, but obviously, yeah, very much locked into the game as well the whole time. Um, Mad Martin on Twitter, at Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show, of course, all one word and no underscore or anything. Mad Martin says, listening to the show, that was the recent one, I'm not sure AP could do much behind that O-line, and I like Bradford, don't believe TB would be better, would do better. Um... The mobility would help a little bit on those third downs, like third and four, stuff like that. I think that's where Teddy Bridgewater's value would come in. The passing game, they're kind of similar. Like, they're both similar in they're smart and accurate, but Bradford's got the better arm. So it's kind of like better arm versus better mobility. And then the question of mobility is very much, uh, yeah, that's still very much in the air because you don't know just how good, you don't know how healthy that knee will ever be again. 
Bradford was a mobile quarterback in college, and then he started having ACLs. And then, guess what? I don't know. Um, he looked kind of mobile. He was he was mobile enough during the rollouts, during that hurry-up offense. He's very good at that, but you can't count on it all the time. That's the thing with Mr. Samuel, Sam Bradford. Um, definitely uh, skittish with the knee injuries in the past, and of course, doctors and coaches and strength and conditioning coaches probably told him, um, no, don't go forward. Just move around sideways if you have to to, break, to, to buy some time, but uh, don't go forward because that's where... The pressure is, and Kablooey, that, yeah, that. Uh, Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show, facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show, and always, as always, all this information will be in the show description. Email address, paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com. If you're out of the country, you can send an audio submission, or if you just want to do it that route, from your smartphone's uh, audio recorder. It's literally the same thing as a phone call. You just record it for a minute or two, like Dave did there. And email, uh, of course, Dave used just the regular phone there, but you get the idea. Either way, it's still a phone with a voice recorder. <laughs> and you email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com that way. And, of course, there's a the call now button on the Facebook page, which connects through the Facebook Messenger. Very simple, very cool. Thanks again for that. Everybody involved. Hmm, might be a little bit busier on this one, huh? <laughs> the last show was Chalk It Up. And Brent Jacobson says, good show, Joey. And thank you very much, my friend. Thank you. Brent's out of Lakeville, locally here in Minnesota. Lives close to Neil, my friend Neil, Nate Dog Thiesing, who might be listening, possibly, via Double Twist. Or actually, Stitcher. Stitcher. Double Twist wasn't working on his phone for some reason. So I was talking about how the season drives me nuts. The Seahawks are now 7-3-1. and one. You're telling me with a couple plays here and there, the Vikings couldn't at least be a number two seed in the NFC? So frustrating. And yet the same old thing over and over again. Vince Germano says, hey, at least you're not the Browns. At least you're not my Browns. Go Browns. And Vince is, of course, from Australia there. Yes, yes. Melbourne, Australia. Victoria is the Providence. Yes, sir. <laughs> Todd Vatterman out of Indiana says, same old Vikings year after year. Ali Sidikai says, of the last three losses, even if one was a win, we'd be in a much better shape. Agreed, it really sucks. And yes, we would. Even one, we'd be in way better shape. Just imagine if we won one of those games and then beat the Cowboys. Just stuff like that. I mean, wild card would be a guarantee. Two or three more wins, you're, you're in You're in the bye, ladies and gentlemen. The bye, do you know what the bye is? That means you're like one win away from the NFC Championship game. Oh. Mark from Iowa. Mark Carlson says, hey, Purple Mafia, I just want to say, I can't wait till this team is 100% healthy again, including Bridgewater and AP. And, in the meantime, I don't want this team to back off for any game. Fight it out all the way. Never quit. Skull mark from Iowa. And yeah, they fought it out all right. And before I get to Gerald there from Nebraska, I got to go back to Mad Martin a bit. Yeah, he did mention AP. I apologize. Not sure how much he would help with the O-line. I, I feel you there. The O-line has not been helping a whole lot. Um, luckily, a couple of the running backs got... I mean, luckily, the two running backs got through yesterday a little bit. Um... I think he'd be a little better. I mean, he would help a little bit, but I don't know. He, it wouldn't be like the old days. He wouldn't be getting 130 yards and two touchdowns. I don't think it would be happening with the current state of affairs with the Vikings. Um, it's And it is sad because more than likely, after this season, Adrian Peterson will not be back um, unless there's some type of massive restructuring with that contract. And we're talking big time because we've got to make room for significant uh, changes. Obviously, hopefully, a signing for, with the offensive line. Signings don't always help, though. I mean, you got to focus on the draft. Of course, you don't have a first-round pick, either. That doesn't help. Shoot. Yeah, here we go again. Hmm. Gerald String says, anyone remember 2012? 
It's not over until it's over. They still can make a run and sneak in the playoffs. Yes, if they do win these last four games against not very good teams. Um, Not healthy enough to do too much more than that, but would still be cool to at least make the playoffs. Last four games are very winnable, question mark. Yes, they are. Um, They are very winnable. Um, And... Yeah, we don't have a first-round pick anyway. Yeah, so it's like, hmm, it's not like we're just going to tank now at this point. <laughs> and maybe the, and it's not, don't be surprised if Spielman makes a trade up if there is maybe a good offensive lineman available. I got to think the number one focus going in is the O-line. The Vikings went in with that approach last year, but they were, and it was patchwork moves. It wasn't good moves. It was patchwork. They didn't really do anything. It's like patching up a hole with bubble gum and duct tape. It's not going to get it done. You got to get a whole new pipe, ladies and gentlemen. Don't double tape. Don't don't duct tape and bubble gum a rusty pipe that's dripping big time. You got to get the whole new damn pipe, ladies and gentlemen. I was saying, oh, there's no no, no Zimmer tonight. Yep, because right as the news was breaking, Tony beat me to it, posted it on the page, so I just shared it on the page. Why not? It's a good way to go. So Tony getting getting uh, getting the scoop there, right? <laughs> no, I mean that news was coming fast. I mean it was just boom 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 boom. No Zimmer. Yep, and that's what happened. Um, the emergency eye surgery was talked about the night before, and I rudely didn't even post about it, so I apologize, and thank you, Tony, indeed. Even the coach is out with injury. The team is cursed, and it's funny how even the coach, it's just unbelievable. Uh, Tanae Brown, out of New Zealand, says, hopefully the surgery went well for a coach. Team needs to get the win for him tonight, and they almost did. Mm-hmm. Gerald says, agreed. No reason we can't go out and get this one tonight. Skull. I think they should have won last night, yes. And they would have if, yeah, you heard segment one. Check in the thread here a little bit. I'd like to bounce a little around with this one. Yep, Tony was saying ref raw, ref job. Yep, that was a bad call at the end. Tony says, I'm losing faith in all NFL officials. Brett McCarthy they couldn't believe it either. <laughs> Gerald Spring says, last two plays were pathetic. Boy, we really suck at finishing. And yes, we do. You still, it would have, why not still make the play, you know? That would have been great. Um Things got quiet because I think people are either nervous or mad. Uh, <laughs> Justin Mayer Henry with some pretty good comments back and forth. Uh, I was ranting pretty big in that fourth quarter. I was just losing it. Uh, Locke also had a really bad game, yes. And Mayor Henry commenting about that. He said, what the F happened to Locke? Was he paid off or something? Todd Vanderman said the whole offense should return their paychecks. woo Yep. Yes. Uh, Todd also was saying with no offense, they're done. And, yep, how Dallas scored again with the field goal. And Justin Mayer Henry says, MVP was Peterson for the crowd control. Wow. I was saying about, yeah, I don't like Cordero Patterson. He just stands there smiling all the time when he's waiting for the punt or kickoff. And it's like, I'm getting tired of it. And it's like, all he cares about is trash. And this guy is just a silly goofball pretty boy who doesn't really care. Do you, do you really think Cordero Patterson cares do, do you? Or, or do you think he just likes to look good? And, you know, when he makes a play and then it looks good, it's cool. I think Cordero Patterson doesn't get it. And, yeah, he's just a jackass. I think he's a jackass, really. He's just he's just all for himself. Um, Justin Mayer Henry says he hates it, too, especially when he makes a huge mistake. He's always laughing, comes off like a smug moron. And I, I agree, he is a smug moron. He's a stupid jackass, and all he can do is occasionally run back a touchdown, but he makes crucial mistakes on occasion, too. It's, it's just bullcrap. Brett McCarthy was saying, Brett McCarthy's out of South Dakota, by the way, Justin Muir-Henry out of Colorado. Uh, Brett says, what started to be a promising season has turned to the worst. Need to overhaul the whole offensive line. Yep. Justin says, I could have been playing Xbox this whole time. Only way 
I get to see the Vikings at the Super Bowl. Woohoo! He says, I feel you when I said, yep, I said if I had a dime for every time Rudolph catches the pass, I'd be a millionaire. Yep, I mentioned that. And Justin was saying, I feel you. I'm sick to death of Vikings football. I will represent this team to forever. But do I have to watch them? It's exhausting. <laughs> Yep, and then that should wrap up the uh, in-game stuff. As I like to bounce around near the end there just to hear what people were saying. It's a little quieter this week. Because I think everybody's kind of had enough. They're getting pissed off. Uh, Justin Mayor Henry was saying, first time this year I walked away with four minutes for running. Yep, that's why I got, that's one of the reasons why I got quiet in there. Uh, Sebastian Balls, Sebastian Barton says, cut Sam, cut TJ, cut the whole O-line. I'm not all in on cutting Sam Bradford, but at the same time, I'm not all in on signing him to a five-year contract either. Like, if we, if I heard Sam Bradford was signed to a five-year deal for a big chunk of money, I don't know. I wouldn't be all in on that either. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I want to wait it out with Teddy first. Like, wait until next year before you start talking contract, I, I think. But maybe, maybe, maybe... I, I, it's, it's a really tough situation because you know they're going to be asking for uh, an extension. You know they are. And uh, I don't know. I don't know. And, you know, they're going to say, hey, it's the offensive line. It's not his fault, that thing. I do agree with the whole TJ and the whole O-line thing, though, Sebastian, 100%. Sam, I'm kind of all over the place with that one. Mm. We're going to have to let that one play out. Uh, it's It's a real sticky, sticky wicket or tough, sticky situation there. Tony says, F the refs. That was a clear, yep, and he shows the picture there. Yep, that's, he got hit in the face. Hit in the face, yep. Uh, That was a clear and blatant penalty, which would have given the Vikings another shot. You missed that call. How do you miss that call, ref? uh, Ref job. Justin Mayer Henry says, I was hoping they would win when I stopped watching. (laughs) Guess it was close close to doing something, almost. Tony posts uh, from, uh, it's Skull Memes on Facebook on Twitter started, pardon me, says the refs tonight are the ones that need eye surgery. Oh, too soon? Too soon? No. <laughs> yeah, maybe a little bit. Oh, boy. <laughs> Brett McCarthy wrapping up this section saying Treadwell is a bust. Cut, yeah, cut the whole offensive line. Can't watch this anymore. Need to make a lot of improvement on this offensive line. And about Treadwell, I don't understand it. it why? Are we putting Charles Johnson in there when you can't count on him? When well, Treadwell at least caught the pass that went his way. Is is he that clueless, or or are the coaches being pigheaded a little bit? I I'm I'm beginning to wonder. Is I'm sure he's not Stefan Diggs. I'm sure he's not. But is he that bad? I I don't believe that. I I don't believe he's that bad. Does he have an entitlement feeling to him? Um, that you know, like why do I have to work hard on special teams? That type of thing. Is it that? I'm not understanding it. I'm very confused. Um, I don't know. Charles Johnson, if he's back on this team next year, I'll be very, very, very surprised. There's almost no way Charles Johnson comes back. He sucks. So, bouncing around a little bit more. Yep, uh, I think I think I already read this, but I'll read it again. How uh, Gerald was saying, Happy Thanksgiving to the Purple Mafia Nation. Yep, I did read this. Hey, it's also game day. Um, yep. Ali posted the article from Plural Football Spot. Keep these covered, Ali. Love them very much. And, uh, yep, a lot of the listeners like it, too. He's a great writer for Pearl Football Spot. It says, Vikings fall to take, fail to take leading division, fall to Lions. That's where the fall came from. Brent Jacobson, with an interesting one, says, Call me crazy if you want, but I have a sneaky suspicion that somehow the Vikings pull out a win against Dallas. And they almost did, man. 
I'm not 100% sure how we will do it. The NFL is a quirky league. Look at last night's game. Everyone had the Packers buried and getting killed by Philadelphia. And unfortunately, the Fudge Packers won. So anything can happen. And yeah, the Vikings had that game last night. They probably should have won. But Adam Thielen muffed the, muffed the punt. And it doesn't help that, that Sheryls has been out with the, the rib injury. Does not help at all. Does not help that Marcus Sheryls has been out. Um, Sheryls has fumbled before too, but I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think Thielen is a punt returner. You know, I think he's a I think he's a slot receiver who can go deep on occasion. I don't think he's a I don't think he's a kick returner. Mark Carlson says unless we find a way to run the ball even a little bit with some success, it's a two dimensional team. Two yards and a cloud of dust just won't do. Yep, you like that? <laughs> what happened to Jarek McKinnon? Yeah. And if the offense cannot sustain a drive, RD will continue to be on the field. Where, yep, and they'll be wearing down while trying to prevent the inevitable. Playing at home against Dallas may count for something back when we played outside. Still, I'll be watching and cheering. Looking forward to the game. Mark from Iowa. And then Tony posted the eye surgery uh, tweet. It was a tweet uh, from the Vikings themselves. And Ali wraps things up here. Uh, with the article saying how it was training for Bradford was the right move. And at the time, you kind of didn't have a choice, and he is a good quarterback. If you have an offensive line in front of him, he's a good quarterback. The problem is the line was already not very good, and then it went completely kaput, as they say in Germany, as Felix might know, (laughs) Felix Duvel. It was kaput. I mean, all the injuries, the hell with it. It's gone. It's gone. It's over, and the move looks worse than it was. I don't dislike Sam, but I'm not married to Sam either. Uh, I, I'm just wait. I, I I don't know. If this team had a good offensive line for a long period of time, oh, I mean, you know. But at the same time, too, I just feel awful for Teddy. Oh, dang it! I, I mean, I really like him. I thought he has a long had a long future in this league, and he still might, and could be have a, some wonderful success with the Vikings for a long long time to come. So here we go. The gold, the, the stars of the week, boy, this is tough. Uh, gold star, I'm going to give it to Dave Hickey. Awesome call. Great, great thoughts. Very passionate and, of course, a 40-year fan of this team. Tony Coleman is going to get the silver star for this week. And the bronze star, boy, I'm going to, yeah, I, I got to give it to both Justin Mayer, Henry, and Brett McCarthy. Just dominant. Um, you guys are just fantastic. <laughs> you know, fantastic the whole show. I mean, silver plated bronze too. I, I gotta say, you guys are just awesome. Like almost, you almost just say three silvers and no bronze. Just kind of leave it at that. Um, you could just kind of go that direction. Tony, Brett, and uh, Justin Mayer Henry, just awesome. Great, great show, guys. Great involvement. Thank you guys so much for all you do, all your conversation. Mark is always a star candidate. Just always. Um, thank you guys so much for all you say. Gerald String as well. Um, so many more. Brent Jacobson. Gotta love Brent. Um, <laughs> always, always involved. That's good. I like I like that whole thing about the Cowboys and stuff. I, I like when he posts those. I should have responded to it. I was going to on there. And, and I didn't. And, of course, Mark's post is so good. I mean, you guys all deserve stars. And, and you know it. So it's like, don't ever take it personal if I just kind of bounce around. Just, I just have a feeling maybe from the in-game stuff. I, I don't know. Um... It just depends. I gotta go from week to week, so certainly never personal. And and you guys know that. Uh, the Christmas tree's back up again. I think it was. No, was it up when I did the last show? I can't remember. I'm just looking at it right now. That may be why my voice is carrying kind of funny. <laughs> it's to my left. Uh, I don't remember, but it's up again. It's not real anymore. I've, oh yeah, I did mention that in the last show. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, uh, yeah, nice, nice little one from Target. Beautiful thing. Uh, love, love actually putting ornaments on it. Looks great. Uh, love this time of year. I'm really, and I'm not kidding when I say this. I am really looking forward to the drop in temperature coming up. It's not going to be a Seattle winter after all. It's coming, folks. It's a coming Tuesday night and from there on. Hell yeah. Wednesday and we're probably looking at some fluffy snow, not sludgy snow, slushy snow. I'm looking forward to this. Real winter. That's where the Christmas tree and real winter go together beautifully. I'm looking forward to it. I hope you are as well. Uh, winter lovers rejoice. This might actually be a real winter this time, you know, and, and not a Seattle winter. At least I hope so. <laughs> God, that forecast keeps changing. They made it look like it might get like a foot of snow. Now it's saying like five inches. Oh, well, you know, that's what happens. But, oh, I love that forecast. I love it. (laughs) I like it when it's highs in the low 20s and lows in the single digits. I don't know why, but I like that. Because, well, it's drier. You don't have water everywhere. So what's wrong with that? I don't like them. I don't like slush. Because you're going to get something anyway. So why 40 degrees of snow? Why Why not fluffy? Fluffy cold snow that is, doesn't have a ton of water in it. How about that? Easier to shovel, too. So look at the big picture with that before you get too pissed off. That's just my my little, eh, you know, my little conversation there. Oh, okay, later on, maybe some more, but that's two weeks in advance. <laughs> it's kind of a late forecast there. Um, just hope you guys have a nice, nice week. It's going to be about, what, how many days till the next uh, show? Maybe about nine, ten days till the next show, Jacksonville Jaguar game. It's going to be nice and warm down there, I suppose. But, well, let them enjoy it. Hope for the best. Hope they get a nice little vacation week. No, not really. Hope they get the job done against those Jaguars. I hope you guys are enjoying the Christmas season. And I'm glad Black Friday is over anyway. But, yeah, <laughs> going to a store is not going to be real easy some 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 days. I just, uh, I don't know. Hope, hope you're all enjoying yourself. Hope that isn't, hope it isn't hurting the, uh, the pocketbook too much. Man, I'm still I'm still still waiting for lawn cleanup money because customers haven't been paying. That's frustrating, but I understand. You understand why Thanksgiving and Christmas, all that. But ah, it just sucks because, well, you know, maybe I need to take care of those things too. So that's the one thing that's kind of tough. <laughs> it's a tough little stretch of time. This this you, every year you're just kind of waiting for the money and you don't get it right away. So I don't even know why I'm talking about that here, but it's at the end of the show. So yeah, those of you that don't want to hear any of this, you're welcome to shut her off and. Download next next uh, download the next show later uh, in, the, in about ten days nine days, um, but yeah, it's a fun little time of year. I, I've uh, I've always I've always had a soft spot in my heart for it. I love December because obviously Christmas season, but I also like winter. I am a winter fan. I like snow. I like dry snow where it's not warm, that type of thing. So really looking forward to it. And get your those of you that like to that like to get outside in that type of weather, rejoice because it's coming. All right, I'll cut I'll cut this off now. Thanks again. We'll be back shortly. God bless you. Oh, do tell a friend about the show if you could, and if you could also, those of you out there that have been listening for a while that you never got around to writing a review on iTunes or Stitcher, if you could, that would be greatly appreciated. Want to wish you all a good week, a healthy week, a safe week, and we'll be back soon to talk about those Jaguars.